Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 57th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm so excited because this is the first day of my seven-week program, Power Your Parenting. I have another amazing group of like-minded moms that want more for their life and their teen, and I want you to know that I have room for maybe one more mom in this program. If you feel this program may be for you, please contact me today. This is for an intimate group of moms, and this program will not be launched again until next year. I will personally coach you with some other amazing moms. I love getting to know my listeners personally. Okay, so today we're going to talk about what moms should and should not tolerate. An important question to ask yourself, especially when you're starting a new year, is what am I tolerating in my life? Clue, if you're not enjoying your life and you feel drained and you can't remember the last time you had a really good day, strong chance that you are tolerating something that you should not be tolerating. Asking yourself the question, what am I tolerating in my life, is definitely not a one-and-done question. This is a question that I ask myself every January, and I'm always surprised that I have a pretty long answer. So what do I mean when I say tolerating? Well, you are putting up with things in your life that you don't want. These things often annoy you, irritate you, weigh you down, and drain your energy. They can be things that you tolerate in yourself or tolerate in your things, or in relationships with friends or family and in parenting. You don't choose to live a life that you are just tolerating. It happens over time. You start out with a goal, a vision, on how things are supposed to be, and then life, your partner, or your teen, pushes back, resists your goal or vision. Then drama can charge in, and there's arguing, fighting, and you end up frustrated and irritated. Over time, life or your partner or your teen wears you down. Sometimes you end up tolerating things because you're so busy and distracted and overwhelmed. Your attention is splattered on so many things that you don't even realize that you've compromised your goals, ideals, vision, values, truths, beliefs, knowing, and your very essence. Why it's good to stop and ask yourself, what am I tolerating, is because we often become blind to the things that we are tolerating. The vision, the goals, the values that we once held as important to us, and we had strong opinions about, kind of fade out of our consciousness. We forget, we don't see, and we don't remember. We become unconscious. Now the life we are tolerating has become the new normal. And though we may be unconscious and blind to the things we are tolerating, they still can have a big damaging impact on our life and your teen and your family. And why is this? 
because it impacts how you feel about yourself. It impacts your confidence. It impacts your self-esteem. It impacts your dreams. It dims your light, your vibrancy, your joy, your spontaneity, your energy and capacity to love and live wholeheartedly. When you are living a life of toleration and just putting up with things, you are also giving up. You're forgetting who you are and you're living a life of defeat. And many times you're not aware or conscious of it. Living a life of toleration is often living a life of resignation. When we feel we lost the fight and we end up tolerating what we don't want or believe, we lose hope that things can change. And so we resign to thinking that there's nothing else I can do except tolerate it. But your body knows the truth. It's exhausted. It feels numb. Your energy's down. You're more irritable. It's easier to get frustrated and edgy. You feel anxious or down or angry, or you just don't feel good. Or you feel bored, dissatisfied, feel ripped off, like this is not what you signed up for. But you collapse, you surrender, because you don't think things can change. The good news is your life can change, and I'm going to show you how. There's some things that you tolerate that are easier to change than others. And most often, things about ourselves and things are easier to change than dealing with an angry teen or spouse. So we want to start with ourselves first. When I made my what am I tolerating list, it was mostly about my house. I live in an old house. So in November, my 23-year-old daughter moved back into the house, and she stayed there for a couple of months before she moved back to L.A. from Houston. My daughter had a fresh pair of eyes and saw several things that I had become blind to and had started tolerating. She would say, Mom, why is the light flickering in the garage? Where are your measuring spoons? Why is the dishwasher not working? What is all that noise in the wall? Is this house haunted? Well, it would be a much more interesting story if my house was actually haunted. But... I just hadn't gotten around to the dishwasher. I ignored the flickering light in the garage, and I thought, well, I'll get to that soon. I ignored the times my dog would stare at the wall and she'd hear scurrying up and down that wall while I was trying to watch my show and trying to relax, and I just didn't want to deal with it. And I'm kind of embarrassed telling y'all this, but I was in a very busy season of my life, and I just hoped this would just fix itself or just go away. And of course, things like this just don't go away, and so they become my new normal. These tolerations weren't a huge thing that destroyed my self-esteem, but it was a daily energy drain that affected how I felt when I was in my house. When my daughter helped me see these things that I was ignoring, then I could finally become conscious and name it for what it is. I made my list of tolerations and started taking action. I made phone calls, and the electrician came out, and the rodent control man came out, and now my house is back to the standard that I want, and I'm so much happier. There are things in your life that you're tolerating that would be very simple to change. For example, how do you feel about your clothes? Do you feel stylish, sassy? Are they comfortable? Do you like how you look in them? Or 
Are they all frumpy old mom clothes and you don't feel good or attractive in them at all? Okay, so here's an example of how small a change you can make that can actually make you feel better. One thing I tolerated way too long was that my underwear was worn out and they were creepy underwear. And creepy not as scary, but as that they kept creeping up. They were not comfortable at all and definitely not cute. I realized that these worn out creepy underwear drained my energy every day because they creeped up. So once I could name that, then I went out to the store and bought all new underwear. And this little action actually makes me feel better every day. Conquering these little tolerations gives you confidence because you see that change is possible. This gives you the confidence and energy to start addressing the bigger tolerations. So what moms should and should not tolerate from their teens? Years ago, I supervised a young therapist who was working at the Houston Area Women's Center. And the center and the shelter helped women get free of domestic violence. And there was this fable story that they used to tell women to get a point across uh, who were tolerating physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. And the premise of the fable is that if a frog is put suddenly into boiling water, it will jump out. But if the frog is put in tap water, which is then brought to a boil slowly, it will not perceive the danger and will be cooked to death. The point of this fable is that we would never knowingly jump into boiling water or a terrible situation. And if we did, we would get out right away. But if the heat or circumstances slowly heat up and things deteriorated and got worse and worse you would slowly get used to intolerable circumstances and would end up tolerating things that even a few years ago you wouldn't imagine yourself tolerating. And part of my job is to wake you up and tell you there are some things that you shouldn't tolerate from your teens. It's not good for you, and it's not good for them. But first, let's talk about things that are okay, and you should probably tolerate from your teens. And this will bring you peace if you learn to tolerate them. Some areas are gray and are really up to you, but some annoyances that you have with your teens are really biologically based and it's their immaturity that drives you up the wall. And this is where that old adage about picking your battles wisely applies here. One, your teen's moods are up and down. They're happy one minute and break down the next. They get upset when you want them to be happy, like on vacations or when you go shopping. I remember taking my daughter on a college tour, and I was showing her a college campus that had this gorgeous view overlooking the campus and the hills. And I'm thinking, God, this would be a great place to live and go to school. And I'm feeling all just happy and blissful. And I look over at my daughter, and her hands are over her face And she's sobbing. So when you know that this is where teens are biologically, with their emotionally immature brain, it's easier to tolerate these mood swings. So, however, if your teen's moods don't swing and they are suffering from anxiety or depression, seek a mental health professional 
If they are cutting or threaten suicide, take that seriously and act now. Two, most teens left to their own devices have messy rooms. And even when they clean the rooms, it will never be exactly how you want it to be. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have guidelines, because you should. And you should set boundaries and consequences. But how your teen cleans her room and how you would clean her room will always be different. And as long as she does the basics, it will bring you both peace to tolerate a little messy. And it's okay if it doesn't meet your standards, but it does meet some basic standards. Three, teens are going to make different choices than you, and that would be good to tolerate. You'd think it'd be a good idea if she would join the social club and she could meet friends. And she wants to be an FFA and raise a goat. She will want to wear jeans when you want her to dress like a lady. Now, of course, you're going to want to set guidelines about how short her skirt is or how low her shirt is. Um, other, other examples is they will want to study in ways that are different than how you would study and listen to music different than you and pick friends you wouldn't pick and pursue a major you wouldn't pick, quit a sport you think they should play and want to play a sport you don't want them to play. They want to study art or music when you want them to study business. And when their choices are not life-threatening or dangerous or violate your values, and however they are reasonable choices, it's helpful to both of you to tolerate choices that are different than yours. Four, it's helpful to be tolerant of the teen's biological immaturity. When you know the biology of the teen's undeveloped prefrontal cortex, you understand where they need to be redirected and guided and why they don't think things through. You can be tolerant that they are still developing, and this helps you not take things personally. You parent, set boundaries, give consequences, but you're just not surprised in taking this personal that they don't have a long-term perspective and that they don't get cause and effect. Like they want to go out every night of the weekend when they have a big final on Monday. You can have tolerance and understand that they would want to go out because you know it's their undeveloped brain, but then you can step up and be their prefrontal cortex and tell them the common sense stuff like, you need to stay home this weekend so you are prepared for finals this week. Okay, so what should moms not tolerate? Before I get into this, I want to tell you that all moms can get worn down or become so busy with another kid or dealing with an aging parent or preoccupied with work deadlines that when you finally look up, you are tolerating something you would never, ever have agreed to. We can end up tolerating things because we are tired of the daily fight, like getting the iPhone or computer before your teen goes to bed. You know that it's not wise for them to have the phone or computer in their room, but you kind of turn a blind eye to it and hope that he or she will use good judgment. This won't happen, because a teen is hardwired to use poor judgment, and that's what an immature prefrontal cortex means, and that cell phone or that laptop is too much of a temptation. So what you turn a blind eye to typically turns into a crisis over time. And you find out something like 
your son has been sending nude pictures to his girlfriend or the other way around, and now the school knows about it, and bam, your eyes are wide open. Mom, if you've gotten too lax with your teen and you find yourself tolerating way too much, it's never too late. You can always change. Never tolerate not having a positive, healthy, and enjoyable relationship with your teen. Never give up on enjoying your life. Never tolerate being your teen's personal assistant. Never tolerate giving so much to everyone else that you don't even feel like yourself anymore. Your life can change for the better. You can reclaim you and your life. All right, so what you should not tolerate from your teen. One, never Tolerate any verbal abuse, belittling, shaming, yelling, obscenities, threatening from your teen. And your teen should not tolerate that from you or any other parent. Never tolerate any bullying, especially if it's your teen. Never tolerate your teen bullying others. Never tolerate meanness. These are tactics for them to get what they want. They use intimidation, or they try to. And you need to be strong. I once saw a 16-year-old girl who was 6 feet tall with long red hair. Her mother was 5 feet tall and was a conservative Christian. In the session, the girl got upset, climbed onto the top of the sofa, sat on it, looked down at her mother, and was sobbing and throwing her used Kleenexes all over the floor. In one paragraph, this girl probably threw out the F-bomb 35 times, and her mom sat there quiet. At the end of this girl's rant, she yelled at her mom, Give me the effing keys. I'm going to drive home. Thank God. This mom said no and told her to walk home. After the mom left and I was alone with this girl, I asked her, Did you really think your mom would give you the car keys after you just yelled at her? Actually, I think she did. And I let her know how ridiculous that was. And she finally kind of gave me this smirk that let me know that she was fully aware that she was intentionally bullying her mom so she could get her way. So mom, remember, you have the power. Having a phone is a privilege. Driving a car is a privilege. Having a computer is a privilege. Video games is a privilege. This is where you want to get dad and your partner on your team so you can get really clear and be a united front that you are absolutely going to say no to anything they ask if they use any form of bullying, including the F-bomb, or yelling out how they hate you or call you any kind of obscenity. If you are a single parent, get some support from your friends or professionals so that you can set a strong boundary with your teen. Tolerating abuse will damage your soul, and it damages your teen's soul and the others they bully. 2. Never tolerate adolescent logic. Here's my definition of adolescent logic. It's when your teen starts arguing with you and they are trying to, quote, logic you into what they want. This is not a discussion. This happens when the teen is usually emotionally flooded. As a result, they start to spiral out of control and the drama starts to escalate. This is when they tend to say mean-spirited things 
After you say, you can't go to the party because it's not supervised, they yell out, Oh my God, you don't want me to go out because you're such a loser. And it's because everyone hates you, Mom. When it gets to that point, the conversation needs to be shut down. The answer is a big, fat no, and he or she gets a consequence. The teens use adolescent logic not to be logical, but to get their way and distract you, intimidate you, talk over you to get their way. There is nothing logical with adolescent logic. Three, never tolerate teens crossing your boundaries. Teens are always going to push you and push the boundaries so they can gain ground. They want to stay out later, have their phone longer, have their door shut with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and have less accountability and more freedom. You only want to give them more freedom when they have earned it and have demonstrated responsibility, and it's done in a respectful manner. If they gain ground because they pushed you or snuck behind your back and you let them gain ground, you're losing power and reinforcing that they can keep being inappropriate and gain more ground. They often try to use their entitlement and their attitudes to gain ground. Again, they will throw every tactic in the book at you to push the boundary. It may be more work for you in the short run to reinforce and not budge from your original boundary, but it's worth it in the long run. If you give up and tolerate bad behaviors because you're sick and tired of dealing with the arguing, or you do it because you find yourself walking on eggshells, the teen gains ground and power, and you start to feel like the powerless one. Actually, the teen needs you to be strong and to set that boundary. That's when they're going to respect you. Four, never tolerate compromising your values or your beliefs and your deepest truths. All the little compromising can lead to you compromising yourself in a big way, especially when you compromise your core values and your deepest truths. I believe there's a spiritual component to our parenting. We have been given responsibility to parent these children, and when you know something is wrong or off or you just don't feel good at at all about it, what your teen is doing and you ignore it, something in you dies. Your light goes out. You can lose your energy or your feelings get hurt and you just give up. This is a dangerous place for both of you. You can't parent effectively from this place. When you stand in your truth and your values, that's a very strong place to stand. The teens don't have to agree, but when they are under your roof, you have an opportunity to parent and guide these immature beings. So you may be thinking, where do I start? Well, make a list of all the things that you are tolerating or things that irritate you or annoy you, and I want you to number them from one to three. You can put a one by the things that you're tolerating that are about yourself. You can prioritize your one list. Start with something easy. Some things that are draining you can change in an hour or even five minutes, like changing a light bulb. Two. Then go through the list and put a two by things that annoy you, but really it's kind of okay to tolerate it. It's not worth the fight. In fact, your life would be more peaceful if you let some of these things go. Like if your teen didn't clean his room exactly the way you wanted it, but he did the basics, you can just shut the door to your teen's room. Now I would like you to go through your list and put a three down on things that you should not tolerate from your teen. Put a three down even if you think it's impossible for these dynamics to change with your teen. 
in your three list, I want you to write what your original boundary or guideline was, where have they pushed you, have you let go of something that's really important to you, have you compromised your values, have you given up? When you're making this list and you're being honest and you're looking at what you're tolerating from your team, it can be very discouraging and you can feel hopeless. But you don't have to do this alone. In fact, you shouldn't have to do it alone. Talk to your friends or find a professional. Talk to your partner who can help you. I would love to be your guide and your support. This is what I do. I've spent over 50,000 hours working with moms and teens. And like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Power Your Parenting is starting today. And I can still have room for one or two more. This is a seven-week program, and you can have weekly coaching from me. Um, And because it's so late, you can call my office at 713-408-6112, or you can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com. And I'd love to tell you about it and see if this is a right fit for you, and let's, let's get you started. Please, don't tolerate things you shouldn't. Don't give up because you just can't see how things are going to change. That just means you may need some help. Even if you don't know how things can change, there is an expert who does. So I just want you to not give up and have some hope here. Hey, everybody. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.